Hello, this is Kurt DeGraff with my good friend, Doug Porter, who heads up our technology here at Stadyville Church. He and his team do a wonderful job, and I'm so grateful for them. We're doing a, a follow-up podcast to our recent Tech Talk module here at the church, which was very well received. And uh, we're grateful to be able to follow up by answering some of the questions that came in that occasion, which we didn't have time to do so in that context. Uh, Doug, could you tell us where that particular module can be accessed for folks folks to watch if they weren't uh, really able to come to the module on that day? Yeah, so the three sessions are available on our YouTube channel, and you can just search Save the Ville Church on YouTube. Or if you just go to our website, uh, up at the top, there's a YouTube icon, which will take you right to our channel. Say a word about uh, our show notes for today, which will reveal some of the resources we referenced, if you would. Yeah, so uh, during the class, there was a handout that had a list of a bunch of resources, and we had some books and different things. So we'll just uh, put those down on the show notes below, um, either links to the list or links to the books directly. Great. So we're going to dive in today. We're going to address in a little bit broader context uh, the answer to questions we were posed with on uh, Saturday past. Uh, in our Tech Talk module, uh, we spoke to leveraging technology for good and then monitoring it, protecting ourselves, our families from evil. And in all honesty, a lot of what we're going to talk about here today is going to be directed toward family issues. You and Brooke are parents of five children, and I've been very much impressed, Doug, by the job you guys are doing. I did a podcast with you some time ago, several months ago, where we spoke to these issues, so this will be something of a review to that, but different as well. Uh, as we get rolling here, what are some good uses of technology, and then contrast that with some evil influences today in the world of technology? Yeah, so, um, well, both for home and church. So, you know, in the church, we're using it everywhere we possibly can because we have this message of the gospel that we're trying to reach so many people with. So uh, the good for that would be, you know, just in general in the building technology so people can hear better and see the, the visuals and just be a part of, you'd be able to reach a larger crowd at once and things like that. Um through just social media and YouTube and website and all that stuff. Again, we can take these messages. We record uh, We record almost everything, uh, GCR, youth group, services, special events. It's all online. It's all recorded and available later. And with through technology, we can, we can just continue to spread the message through all that. So um, that's like the simple on the church at home um you know we homeschool so we use it a ton whether it's um youtube has a ton of resources on it and um, we even get some education from some colleges that do homeschool courses through online and the kids are coding and my son's learning japanese and they can just even be able to communicate with missionaries and just there's just like all kinds of good things that you can do with it um and when you when you over restrict sometimes, then you are restricting some of the good too. So it's a very hard balance because then when you want to let people have good, now they can get to the bad. So we just recently after this module, 
uh, we're kind of like rethinking some stuff at home and my wife's like, oh, the TV, it doesn't have a lot of restrictions on it. Like, let's see what we can do. And I was messing with it one night and couldn't really finish. So I went to bed and got up the next morning and the kids were like, we can't do anything. And I was like, <laughs> are you sure? And they like, no, we can't get into anything. And I'm like, well, now they can't get into their good stuff. So it is a, it is a balance constantly, but, um, so, so bad, um, I mean, obviously, pornography is the worst. We were, my wife and I were just talking about the other night. We were watching a show that was tech show, and it was amazing. And it's on Amazon Prime or something. And I don't really watch that stuff, but you know, just right in the middle of it, there's just like something inappropriate. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. This is just not fun. I don't want to watch this. Why is this even legal? Like, I just don't get it. But yeah, so that that obviously can be bad. There's a lot of, um, even pastors like get into pornography, especially in smaller churches, but have no accountability or whatever. And so having, having access to everything gives you access to bad. And then it can, you can get into conversations with people and build relationships you shouldn't have. And, um, even just evil gaming, dark stuff, violence games, um, all that stuff starts to just slowly influence you. And now it's, um, you know, Facebook groups and Snapchat and all these things where you can talk to people and I can just go on and on and on. We really do need to talk about this stuff because we're enveloped. We're surrounded by technology. You cannot and really don't want to not indulge because you need to use it just Mm -hmm. to live today. And yet there have to be some guardrails on the roads of life relative to technology. And we're going to be talking about that to some degree here. Um, along that line, what are some of the social media platforms that people are using where maybe the danger zone comes on them a little bit more quickly? Yeah, I mean, uh, YouTube has all kinds of things. Um, Instagram, for sure. Twitter is, there is, so Twitter has no filter. There's full pornography on Twitter. Um, Snapchat has a huge section on it that is kind of like news-ish type stuff, but it's also influencers, and it's a lot of very inappropriate stuff. It's not complete nudity, but although you could follow someone who is like a porn star or something, I mean, so there is that possibility. Um, Even I, I saw somebody sent me a list the other day of like the top seven apps that have what you would consider pornography, meaning even like nudity or or just not safe for work, they call it, or um, just inappropriate things, but close to nudity, like Instagram. You can't be nude, but people are like barely dressed, you know? So um, one of them was Spotify, which I was like, Spotify's music. Well, you can turn on a feature in there where you can see short music video clips. You get into the right music genre, like, like hardcore rap, and they have a lot of inappropriate songs, and then music videos along with it and you're just thinking oh my kids just listening to christian music on spotify but they could be getting into things so um tiktok obviously is a has got a lot of inappropriate content not nudity but pretty bad stuff um there's a new thing called i think it's omegle um where you basically use your webcam and you get connected to a random person anywhere in the world and they're on a webcam and you can just talk and if you don't like them, you just say next person and you just talk to the next person and people are using it. It's live so they can do whatever they want. There's no filter. There's no control. And there's a lot of uh, adults preying on children in that type of environment. And I could go on and on. Almost everything has the ability to have bad things in it. 
Let me introduce just a scriptural thought here at this mm-hmm. point. We're biblically driven. Uh, scripture says in Psalm 101, verse 3, the psalmist says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. In Psalm 119, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to be people who are immersed in Scripture more than technology so that our minds can be transformed by what we're thinking about, what we're observing, because that becomes a part of our being as a man thinks in his or her heart, that's who they are, we read in Proverbs. Um, I, I want to dive now into these questions that were posed for us that we didn't have a chance to get to, Doug. And again, uh, a lot of these are going to be relative to family life. I am, after all, not only the pastor of counseling, but the f- pastor of family ministries here, and, and you're a family man, and technology is, is very much directed toward family use. So I'm going to just jump headlong in and ask you some questions here that we didn't have a chance to get to recently at our module. I think we might have spoken to this already. Uh, how, how do I lock down devices, Apple devices, whatever? So apps and internet are limited to, to, to a specific amount of time and completely unavailable during certain hours. Yep. So the feature is called screen time. And... Apple has this new great feature in settings that you can just open settings and search for the feature. So if you go into your settings and you swipe down, you'll up, up here at the top is a place where you can search. Or if you just want to, you can scroll down a little bit. It's one of the main menus. It's got a little purple hourglass. It's called screen time. So once you get into screen time, there are multiple settings in there. There's uh, downtime where you can just lock it down all night, which is what we do with our kids you know, like eight to eight. Um, There's limits per app. So if you wanted to say, like our kids, uh, our older kids are on Be Real, which is a social media app. Um, They get 15 minutes a day. It's just a quick, they can see it. Um, You can control who they talk to through their contacts. So if you wanted to only allow them to text family, you just say only these contacts are, are able to be text message or called. Um, there's apps that you can kind of bypass this and say they're always allowed. Um, they're always allowed to see maps so they can get home. They can always see uh, the Bible app or, um, I don't know, we, we put a lot of stuff on there, weather, you know, things like that that keep them safe. Um, and then there's the content and privacy restrictions, which has a lot of submenus where you can pick things like, um, the level of shows they can watch and the levels of music they can watch and can they change settings and it is uh, what apps are even allowed like you know uh, our daughter when she was younger we shut off the camera app because it was just constantly like kind of like we talked about with the with the, the girls just like just image she was just so worried about her image and taking pictures and selfies and stuff and we just shut it off um, but there is the both the app store settings where you can stop them from even installing apps, which is something I had learned early with kids was I had a kid who was installing apps, using them, then uninstalling them. And I had no idea it was on platforms. Um, So you can, I turn both of those on to where they cannot install, nor can they get to delete apps without me uh, changing that. Um, Under content restrictions is a section that has 
web content where you can limit adult web content. That's a really big one where it will filter inappropriate websites. And then again, there's just deep dives into everything like can they use their microphone or not? Can they share their location? Can they use Bluetooth? I mean, it's all just depending on how far you want to go and how controlled you want to have it. But there are a lot of options in there. Okay, for for our students who, mm-hmm. who bring their Chromebooks home from school, yeah. Uh, the question, can Chromebooks be shut down when at home? Yep. So I'm a pretty big Apple guy, but I did um, go in and, believe it or not, use AI to find out the answer to this because um, I, didn't, I didn't know myself. Um, let me find it real quick. Um, because I do know that the biggest issue was is kids were logging out of their school ID. So the school has it all locked down. You can't get into things, which is great. But then you just go into the login, log out, create a new Gmail account, log in with your own. Now you're open to the Chromebook. So there's a way to um, shut that down. Let me just find it here. So I literally asked it, how do I keep my kid from signing out of their account and creating a new one? (laughs) So in in the Chromebook settings, um, you can create like an administrator account. And then when you go into the settings, you can um, toggle on and off a guest browser setting, which is, um, it's kind of like if you wanted to use the Chromebook as a parent, but you didn't want to use the kids, it's like a quick guest login to just get into things. Well, you want to disable that for sure. And then um, there's another toggle called allow users to add or remove an account. So that's something that you'd want to shut off because that's where that's where kids are getting around stuff is they're creating their own account. Um, in order, like if it's if it's your own Chromebook and you bought it and you set it up yourself, there's a thing called Google Family Link, where um, you set up your Gmail account as a parent, then you add the child on and log into the Chromebook as the child, and then from your computer or your web browser. You can sit there and control all their settings. There's all kinds of web filtering settings. And again, another huge deep dive, but it's called Family Link. And that's, uh, I've talked to a couple of people who have Androids after the class. They came right up and said, Family Link, Family Link. So um, if you need more help with that, you can just let me know and, and I'll try to help you out with that. But that's the that's the setting. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, some of these questions go pretty deep pretty oh, quickly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So let's lighten it up a bit. Sure. Uh, Recently, what's one of the most fun things you've done in technology with your family that everybody really enjoyed? This is a spur of the moment. Yeah. Um, well, we're definitely doing a lot of AI um, because my kids are very talkative, very inquisitive. I mean, I know a lot are, but ours just, they, they're, they, they get so deep into stuff and asking questions. And um, so we're just constantly asking AI questions and going into like the history of things. And, um, you know, we, we were just talking, well, I even talked to you before the podcast about this new drug that's supposed to change our age. And it's like, they don't just stop at like, what, well, how old will we be? And then, okay, that's it. No, they, they're like, okay, the Bible says that we're only supposed to go 120 years, but then past 70 is a blessing and like so we start going into the deep dive of all that and we're just using we're just using ai so much and it's i know it's kind of scary because obviously it could be tuned to teach you wrong things 
which is we talked about in the module. You need to use multiple sources of information and then and then put it up against what the Bible says. But this is even trained on the Bible, and so you can ask it crazy questions. Like I asked the kids the other day were talking about food, and I said, well, "What did Jesus eat?" Like just curious. Like I wonder what he <laughs> ate. Well, we asked AI, "What's all of the things Jesus ever ate?" And it said, "Here's the verse where he ate this, and him and his disciples ate honeycomb, and then they." Um, figs and olives and it was just like so interesting and it's just like if i didn't have ai how how about google and siri (laughs) yeah i mean you can but it's just we've been using it already for months to where it's just a part of our everyday life and it's it's pretty fun it's got to be careful but it's fun okay to our next question yeah with setting solid boundaries and limits to technology how do we train our kids for when they aren't under our roof and authority? How do we prepare them for when they don't have us placing those limits on them? Hmm. This is the one we're working on right now. So it's hard. Every kid's different. Every person is different. And some, you know, just need so much of teaching and discipline and they're good. And some need way more. Uh, so the way that we're trying to do this in our house is to not block everything and control everything until the day they move out. I don't want my my oldest now is 16, so he's got a couple years left. Depends on where he goes to college. He might go off to Cedarville and be gone in two years. I don't know. And when that happens, he'll have full access to everything, full access he can do whatever he wants with his phone, his computer, his friends. He can do anything. And so I don't want him walking out that door and going, here you go, here's Instagram, here's TikTok, here's whatever you want, because it, it, I'm not there to help him. And so what we're doing is we're starting to, it's kind of like the rope mentality where you let out more rope and whatever, but we get we have to get to a point where you're letting out the rope and you're not pulling it back because they're going to eventually be detached from the room. <laughs> I mean, so we're kind of in this boat of just like, yeah, if you if you mess up, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you. We're going to talk about what it did and what that means, what the Bible says, my experience. Um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be here for you. And that's what can I do for you? Like the other day we asked him about an app. He said, this one right here is an easy way to get around things. And and he's helping us too for the future for other kids. But I can't block everything every day. He's just going to find another one tomorrow. And so obviously teaching him what the consequences are for his own self because it's he's his own person. We're just we're just responsible for him for a short time. And he has to be able to do this on his own through Christ um which I think he's saved, but if you know, I, it's going to be super hard for kids that aren't saved. I don't know what you do. They're just you you know, I, me and my wife talk about our different kids and what's going to happen with them and make sure you're taking doing this for this one and make sure you're doing this for this one. And I said, all I care is they're saved because I, we'll help them later. And you're so right. I mean, the old adage, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's not mere behavior modification. Mm-mm. We can never establish enough boundaries. The Spirit of God must come within mm-hmm. through regeneration, through salvation. And then we have to transform our minds by scripture, study, memorization, meditation, 
So that's what's going to be the ultimate filter, a changed heart that sees things through the lens of God's Word. That's, that's a biblical worldview, a Christian worldview. To the next question, how do you justify a limited phone time when it's the only way to communicate with private or homeschool classmates? Yeah, so you're saying that I'm limiting my kids' time, but they're like, but we want to talk to our friends because yeah. we don't go to school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Our kids are, um, they they text message people. Most of it's in larger group texts, or um, we kind of just tell them, you're only able to text this person, and they have to come to us and like, can we add this one person to my text? Okay, who is that? Do we know them? Yes, no. So we do a lot of that. Um, we have their phones locked down, so they can't text you know overnight, so until about 8 o'clock in the morning it turns on. But there are times where it's like, we're getting ready for the morning. We walk down and three of them are sitting on their phone. We're like, what are you doing? Texting our friends. We haven't talked to them all night. And, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, you finished your text and we're done. Like, you got to do school. You don't get a text during school. We do want them to text their friends and talk to them. And I don't want to take that totally away from them because they do are they do have real relationships with these people. And they are only maybe seeing them Sunday, Wednesday night at youth group, uh, once a week at a co-op or something like that. So we do let them text their friends. But... Um, we can see their texts. Um, they're, you know, we've taught them. The other person can screenshot your text, or their parent could be the one texting you right now. You have no idea, so you need to be watching what you're doing. And they've lost their privileges before. I've got one kid who was like overly spamming people, like, "Hey, are you there? Hey, one, two, three, four, five. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, give me your phone for a week. It's not acceptable. So it's just, um. Trial and error with each kid, putting boundaries, having consequences. And I think, though, giving them some freedom and not freaking out if they mess up, because we all mess up and you got to let them, you got to let them try. So that leads me to a, a natural segue question here about mm-hmm. boundaries. Boundaries are necessary. I'm sure. hearing you say that. Yeah. Uh, a question that came in uh, Can anyone speak of a time their kids hacked the boundaries that were in place? How is that approached? Mm-hmm. How is that remedied when they kind of go around the boundaries and you're trying to discipline after the fact? Yeah, so um, I have I have one that's done that many times. So, um, you know, I had one go around all of the boundaries, um, and I didn't know it, and then caught them, and... Basically, I said, number one is, I was mad at first, but then I said, I'm I'm with you. I have struggles. I've had very uh, deep, dark times, like when I was out of high school and had access to everything. And um, I remember all of that, just like addiction, but also just like hate, for, hate towards it and didn't want to do it and all of that, you know, the classic stuff. And I just hugged him and said... I'm here to help you. I'm sorry that you're going to have to deal with this your whole life as a man, but um, you also you also broke our rules. And this is a very big rule. And I took his everything, uh, every every technology for a month, because it was a it was a blatant um, against my rule, you know, 
that's what they're asking here. They're going around a roadblock that you've put up and verbally or whatever told them that they're not allowed to do. It's like when any other rule, right? Like you can't drive the car and then they go out and drive the car down the street. Like <laughs> you're talking some serious consequences. So there were consequences. I wasn't mad, uh, you know, after the first 10 seconds. Um, initially you get mad, but, and then it was, it hurt. It took, I mean, you're talking a month of no phone, no laptop, no video games, no watching shows when your siblings are watching shows. I mean, I, I took everything and, and even other times, you know, as they get older, I have lowered those consequences. I've literally said, I'm not taking your phone away because you're going to have that phone in two years on your own. We've got to learn how to deal with it. So it it depends on their maturity, their age. You know, when they're super little and they did, you know, I just heard about somebody this morning who went and got in the fridge and ate it, whatever they wanted. And it's like, okay, the parents have got to do something to lock that down. But the kid also got a spanking. So it just depends on their mm-hmm. age maturity level. Mm-hmm. Let's show some love toward, let's say, a, a mom whose husband is not a believer. Sure. She is, and she has some standards. Her husband mm-hmm. does not because he does mm-hmm. not know Christ. Uh, the question that came in, do you have any suggestions for how to handle tech limits when an unsafe parent models no limits, even though the other parent is desperately trying to yeah. keep their kids? Uh, I'll let you speak to that. I, I want to weigh in on that one too. Yeah, I thought I did see that question come in, and I was, first of all, right away thought, okay, Kurt's got to have a basic application here that applies to all things, not just tech in this. So, um, yeah, I would love your feedback on it. For me... I just think um, you treat everything as if when they're with you, as if they are only with you. So, um, if if for some reason the one side is saying, "Yeah, I'm not putting restrictions on that phone," and they come to your house and you're like, "I want restrictions on your phone," and you're not going to change the settings back and forth, back and forth, then you say, "Okay, when you're with me, we're sitting on the couch together. I don't care if you have your phone." But if but after that, it's going in my pocket or it's going in my stuff. You don't get it overnight. You don't get it whatever. You're in my house. You'll follow my rule. And if you can't get into it and do all of these settings, I mean, I, like I said in the module, some like 90% of parents in public school setting, the kids said they don't have their kid's password. So if you don't have your kid's password, physically take the phone away from them. Like if, the, if it's this situation, I mean, you can only do your part though i'm guessing that's what your answer is going to be is just like when they're in your house they follow your rule and then you know you are sharing that child yeah especially in a divorce situation right. yeah, where they're I'm thinking of yeah. separate households that's the yeah. way it's going to be you you may have a spouse that's actually living in the same house with you yeah. who has no limits while you want limits so kurt how do you <laughs> how do you do that wow well, let's suppose for sake of argument that that unsaved spouse is the man. Yeah. Uh, the wife has to respect her husband. She can't rip on him in front of the kids. Sure. That's First Peter 3, verses 1 and 2. Wives, uh, be submissive, be, be gracious, be kindly toward your husbands, that if any obey not the word, that is the word of God, they may without a word, that is nagging, be won by yes. your godly sweet behavior. Mm-hmm. And you have to be kind and gracious, and you can't just shred your husband in front of the kids because that's not healthy. 
what you may need to do is appeal to your husband behind closed doors. Hey, um, this is where my heart is. This is where scripture is. This is what I'd like to instill in our kids. They need some protection. Um, can we agree mm-hmm. at some certain basic limit levels? And if they come to you to try to play you against me, would you support me? You can appeal to him as a yeah. biblical principle, appeal to your husband. Mm-hmm. Show him respect. If you do that, you're likely to get further than if you disrespect him in front of the family. Uh, I would say, too, uh, if it's really pronounced, uh, you may, when you're alone with your kids, especially if you're living in separate households, need to say, look, in this household, this is the way we're going to operate. Or if he's still living under your roof, uh, these are my standards. Um, I believe that I am called to protect you. And so I'm going to, when you're under my care, insist on these particular guidelines, even if he does not. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you, you do your best, but you kind of prepare them that later on in life, you're going to be on your own and you're going to have to make a decision here because I can't monitor you after age 18 when you're out of the nest and, and flying away on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to, as you said earlier, kind of incrementally give them more rope. But along the way, do your best, commit it to God, pray much, appeal to your husband, but hold the line where you have control. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, this next question is is fairly significant. We've kind of already spoken to it. How can we move our kids' hearts away from loving technology? And I think, I think that probably implies maybe almost addictive-like yeah. love toward technology. And we've all seen that where kids don't want to listen to dad and mom. They're all about their friend groups and all about being online and want to do their thing and they disrespect and their love is not toward God and not toward their parents or toward their family. How do we move our kids' hearts away from that overbalance? Yeah, um, I think my wife had something a little prepared on this um, that just didn't, question didn't come up. Um, but we do fast from technology. So if we start to see our kids more and more act, asking for tech, can we play? Especially right now, we're getting into summer. And the school is ending and all these events are ending. they got way more free time. And so they're just like, hey, can we do it now? Can we do it now? Can we do it now? It's like, okay, one, we're going to lock it down to a time frame and like Saturday mornings or whatever. Or we're going to totally take a full week and sometimes a month off, especially when it's nice out. They're just asking and asking. We're like, go outside. It's time to go outside. It's time to be off of this. You guys are getting... Or when they're on it, they're fighting the whole time. Like every time they're just arguing about stuff and not sharing things in the game and fighting each other in the game. And so we just, we can tell when their level gets to where it's just obsessive and all of that. So fasting would be definitely one thing. Um, well, let me, let me yeah, jump in and, and throw some ideas on the table. Uh, I, I wanted to, have a statement made on on our in our module context. It didn't happen, but don't be afraid of your teens. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced a lot of parents are flat out scared of their teens. I don't want to cross them. I don't want to get on their bad side. Yeah. But that's not really a biblical mentality. God gave them to us to oversee, to love them, to discipline them. You have to do it in a loving fashion, and you have to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things Pastor Jared spoke to was time on their turf. 
do things with them that they enjoy outside of the technological aspect of life. Um, I, I think our kids, if I can draw a parallel, need to learn that there's more to life than just technology. Yeah, It's kind of like learning to eat new foods. Mm. A lot of kids will eyeball certain really healthy foods and say, Ugh, I'm not going to eat that. But you say, no, you're going to eat this. And frankly, they can learn to enjoy it once they are basically introduced to a food group that's really good for them. Their palate changes. And they will learn to like foods they don't initially think they like. So expose them to them, serve them. Same thing is true with other activities. I would suggest we need to do things together as a family outside of technology. Uh, we, we, we need to realize that we are the ultimate examples. And if we can't control it, then they're not going to control their out-of-bounds love for it, addiction. Kids are imitators, and they do what their parents do. They like what we like. They love what we love. They go where we go. It's amazing how much like us they are. And, and, and frankly, even, even on, a, on a basic area, um, I'm going to read something to you. It's called look me in the eyes. Whenever your teen is talking to you face-to-face, the fingers need to pause. The person in front of him is always more important than the one at the other end of the line. It's going to take you training them not to answer their phone if they're in a conversation with an actual person in front of them. They should wait until the conversation is over, then excuse themselves to answer the phone. And this goes for you too, mom and dad. Don't answer your phone if your teen is trying to have an actual conversation with you. Those moments can become fewer and fewer the older they get. Don't squander the chance to gain influence by answering your phone or responding to a text while he is talking. I think it's really important. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm talking to my wife, and I'm not respecting her. I'm looking at my phone. I am listening, but I'm not showing it. My wife will say, honey, listen to me with your eyes. Yeah. She's got me. And I have to apologize and look up. Oop. Yeah. I need to respect you by looking into your eyes. So we can't sit around the house looking at our phones all the time and expect them to change if we don't, because kids are imitators. Amen. That's, that goes for adults. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. And it's super hard, but I don't know. I think as a tech person, I'm more tuned to it because I, I hear my phone, I hear my watch ding and I know the sound of text message and I just keep my eyes locked on the person. And sometimes they're even like, why are you not, do you want to get that? I'm like, no, I'm going to wait. So yeah, I totally agree with all of that. Yeah. Next question. Is there a filter for Wi-Fi in general or just individual device? filters a way to filter any device that comes into your home mm-hmm. yeah so this could get pretty deep but i'll try to just summarize them all uh the first line of defense is just whatever is distributing your internet so it's called a router um, sometimes you know mediacom metronet centrelink the whatever that comes with it may have a filter you may have to get a different brand or something like that um, so they'll have filters in them and then you can also there's this thing called DNS, which is basically like a phone book for the internet. Every website has a number, and when you type in google.com, it actually takes you to a number, not 
not a not a name. And so what you can do is change that address book. And so there's companies like I use one called Next DNS, and it lets you use them as the phone book. Well, what happens is when you try to type in something that's inappropriate, it goes into the phone book and says, you may not dial that number, and the website won't load. And that's that will go for your whole house. And there, there's that one has some free stuff. If you use the internet a ton, like I do, I pay like $2 a month or something for it. But um, there's also a thing called Circle. Uh, it used to be called Disney Circle because Disney sponsored it, but um, it's, it's not a circle. It's like a cube that you either connect to your Wi-Fi or you plug into your network. And it does the same thing, DNS stuff. And you can actually uh, add multiple devices to a kid. So you can say, kid, you you have a timeout. And you can pause their internet. Or you can pause the whole house. I've done that before. It's like dinner time and everyone just keeps playing. And I'm just like, here's your warning. I'm disconnecting the internet and shuts the whole thing down, you know, for dinner time or whatever. So that's called circle. Um, and yeah, that'd be the way to do the whole house. Those are the three ways I would do it. I recently downloaded a game on my phone for my child to play. It was a game geared toward younger children, and the rating was E. But when I opened it to check it out, after playing it briefly, there was an extremely inappropriate ad that shocked me. Is there anything I can do to prevent seeing ads like this? Is there a way to know which games are safe to download, not knowing what ads will pop up? So the last question, no. There is not a way to know, unfortunately. I... When the kids were younger, would install that myself and mess with it first. As they've gotten older, um, I and I trust them more. I look at the app before it gets installed. I check the reviews. I look at the screenshots in the app store. I let them install it. And the three oldest will typically come to me and say, uh, this app had some bad stuff in it. Let's uh, You need to remove it. Now, of course, they could lie or hide it, but... Um, that next DNS filter for your router will uh, filter ads, all ads. So that would get rid of that. Uh, one of the think tricks that we did with uh, our smaller kids was we would open the app. They would play the app, but we would turn off the Wi-Fi while they played, which means it can't reach out and grab the ad from the internet. It's offline. So then when it goes to load the ad, it's just a blank screen. And then it skips the ad and goes back to the game. So... We did have a kid who was um, purposely losing a game as fast as they could to get the ad to reload because there were inappropriate ads. And eventually we, I, I mean, I don't think it was happening for very long because they were, the, 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 the solution of having everyone in the same room and playing and having tech time at the same time and having the laptops on the same floor, and we talked about that in the module, this solves a lot of that. This kid was like hiding in the laundry room and we're like, what are you doing in here? Why do you have your phone? And he couldn't answer me well enough to where he finally admitted, like, oh, I'm playing a game and I was purposely losing so I could see the bad ads. I'm like, I'm sorry. He was like, he was like five. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Five. But uh, so we just uninstalled the app and moved on. But yeah, that there isn't, I'd say, pre filter the stuff as much as you can. So, how did you decide as a family what the appropriate age was to give your children a cell phone did you use the same age with each child no so when i think of give a child a cell phone i think of like they carry it with them all the time and that mostly was determined when they started going to youth group because they were coming to church they were um 
detached from us going to different events and things and they need a phone. Well, we don't pay for cellular on any of them. They have Wi-Fi pretty much everywhere and they're in groups of friends or with leaders. So we haven't actually paid for cellular on any of them. But um, I mean, Denver was playing with an iPhone. I mean, he was born almost the same year the iPhone came out and we were really heavy into the iPhone. We were doing app reviews and all this stuff. So he was playing games, but completely under our supervision. The device was locked. He could never open it without us. Um, and it was just another toy, although we didn't let him have it all the time, like regular toys. Um, and so I would say it it's based on their need and their maturity level. I never do anything by age. We have our kids. I mean, we have kids right now who are like, um, asking for something that the older kid got way earlier. And it, well, we, we used the example of a knife, and we gave the boys pocket knives as they started to get more and more mature. And one, we gave it to him kind of at the same age, and he cut himself right away. And I was like, okay, you're, you're not yeah. you're old enough. Well, that could be the same with the phone. Here's That's your phone. Right. Oh, you're not old enough to handle this? Taking the phone back. So you can always do, right? You're the parent. Take the thing back. Like, So yeah, it's maturity level. I think, and just their their show of use. Like, how are they using it, and what are they doing with it, and can they handle it? And if they can't, that's with everything. Food, the car. I mean. <laughs> AI is a big deal right now. You've referenced it more than once here and certainly in our module as well. Artificial intelligence. Elon Musk warns that it could potentially destroy civilization. Mm-hmm. He has proposed a pause in its development so that we could think through the negative consequences of moving too fast. And this from a man who owns a brain implant company called Neuralink, which he says will make the paralyzed walk, the blind see, eventually turn people into cyborgs. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about prosthetic limbs. AI would combine computer chip technology with human biology and what's called transhumanism. Kind of scary stuff here. What's the end goal? Well, consider the words of Professor Yuval Noah Harari, a historian, philosopher, best-selling author at the World Economic Forum in January of this year. He said, and I'm quoting now, we are no longer mysterious souls. Humans are now hackable animals, replacing evolution by natural selection with intelligent design, but not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft clouds, these are the new driving forces of evolution. The idea that humans are spiritual beings having free will is over. Through transhumanism, we become the gods. It's a religion coming out of the Silicon Valley. We become the gods? <laughs> hey, this is the same lie that enticed even the Garden of Eden as recorded in Genesis 3. So, Big question for you as we kind of put a wrap here today, Abe, Doug. <laughs> what can we do to protect ourselves with this kind of stuff coming like a train down the tracks, lights are blinding us, your take on all of this? Yeah, it is It is scary because it's going to start getting into things that you don't realize. It's kind of like how the, uh, social media and maybe the news have repeated things over and over and over and learned how to sway your politics or whatever they're trying to sway you against. And this is going to do it even more subtly. They're going to figure out ways and it's just going to be, it's going to be super difficult. Um, 
obviously your true north is the Bible, so you've got to stay in that. And being saved, you have the Holy Spirit, so that it that should be triggering, you know, when something's not right, and you're listening to something and you're saying this just sounds a little shady, and you and you back away from it and. You let other people try it first. I mean, don't be, I mean, I'm an early adopter, but there's still things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait until other people figure this out until I jump in and, and try it out and, and, you know, pray about it. I mean, crazy. I was using AI this morning to chat with virtual theologians about this new medicine that may make you live longer. And I was just like, what does the Bible say about this and all this? And one of them, they were going back and forth about like how the heart is really what matters. Are you trying to live longer so you can serve God? Or are you trying to live longer because you're trying to be a God? Mm, mm -hmm. And the last person answered, uh, why don't you pray about it and see if you should do that? And it's like, good, good. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there's going to be stuff like this every day, more and more, something else, not just AI. It's going to be whatever brain chip or whatever it's like everything be used for good and bad and where's your heart where's your heart and we as conscientious christians must yield to the spirit walk in the spirit even relative to elective screen time or discretionary screen time because a lot of people are wasting a lot of time online instead of redeeming the time because the days are evil redeem it for the glory of god mm-hmm. scripture from psalm 119 104 through your precepts i get understanding therefore i hate every evil way. Friends who are listening today, uh, remember technology keeps us close with those who are far away, (laughs) but keeps us far away from those who are close if we're not monitoring it for good. Let's not turn technology into a God. Let's use it as a tool for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, Doug, for being with us here today and answering these questions so wonderfully. Tell us how we can access the module from Saturday past this this tech talk module, and then uh, tell us how we can access what we're doing right now to the people who, for some reason, um, you know, hear about this through another person. Yeah, so um, all of the module is on YouTube, and um, you can just search for our church there, Saleville Church, on YouTube. That would give you the video content from the service. Um, this podcast, um, if you just go to our website again, com, and go under media, there's a whole podcast section. And you can see this podcast and other podcasts, including like the children's parenting one, the women's, the young adults, and past sermon uh, Q&As and all that kind of stuff is all available all on our website. Great. This is how we're using technology for good for the glory of God. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Doug, for helping us so much today. Everybody have a great day. Thanks.